0: Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Join me at the 10th annual Media Excellence Awards on January 18th in Beverly Hills, California. The attendees and I will be celebrating innovation and leadership in technology and entertainment. There are 20 award categories with a 1,000 nominees. These awards honor those who are creating groundbreaking technology to better our lives and celebrate the hard work, determination, and brilliance in the leadership within the companies which create the new world we live in today. I will be recording nominees and winners at the awards. For tickets and more information, go to MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Tyler Slocum. He's the Vice President of Operations, Platforms, Technology at FX Networks. Tyler, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself?
1: Yeah, doing great. Um, spending some time at CES. It's always uh, interesting to uh, get to walk around and take it all in. So uh, so it's been a, a busy week for me.
0: Sure. No, that's, that's great, man. So I, I really want to kind of cover kind of, your background and kind of what you're doing kind of now, but maybe before we kind of get into all that fun stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with kind of where you grew up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, grew up in Los Angeles, um, lived in, uh, Westchester by LAX okay. and, um, yeah. So, no. Um, and then, uh, so get stayed going. in, uh, I'm an LA native, so I stayed in uh, LA my whole life. So. Um, a lot of people question me and like, "Hey, you stayed in LA all your life?" But yeah, I've uh, been out here, raised and born.
0: No, that's great, man. So you you went to university. What did you take in university, and why did you decide to take it?
1: Yeah, well, um, I got a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering, um, okay. and there was probably a little bit of uh, my dad's influence there. My dad was in airline mechanics for oh, like okay. twenty seven years, and so. Uh, I did a lot of hands-on things with him, so he built a couple boats in the garage, and so I grew up around kind of building things and also, um, you know, kind of the airlines and engines and things like that, so I think that's what, uh, you know, originally interested me. I, I was decent in math and, um, you know, just had an interest in that, so that's, that's kind of went went down that path.
0: No, that's that's great, man. So, you you get out of university, walk me through a little bit of your career up until kind of FX, because you've done a ton of really cool stuff. So maybe kind of give us a little bit of an overview and some of the career highlights.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, one one thing that I think kind of positioned me uh, at least early in my career was I had an internship at McDonnell Douglas uh, Aircraft
0: okay. sure.
1: uh, in, in Long Beach. And so that was, you know, while I was still in college. So you know, I think anything you can do to build your resume and get some work experience when you're still in college is pretty important. And so when it came time to graduate, I, uh, you know, I was uh, looking around for trying to figure out what I wanted to do. There was some interesting things in, you know, in petroleum and since it was mechanical and engineer, there was, you know, all the devices and everything else. Um, and an interesting position came along for uh, Northrop Grumman. So it okay. was actually on the B two, the B two stealth bomber. That's
0: cool. So, uh,
1: yeah. So here I'm a, a you know college grad, and they're they're telling me, well, you know, you're going to need a, a security clearance for the Air Force, and you know, all this kind of cool stuff. So, um, I think my, my background at McDonnell Douglas helped me uh, land that position. And so, yeah, I got a job. My first job was out of college. was working I worked there for a couple of years on uh, on the B two stealth bomber. So that's I was wild. Actually, <laughs> that's uh, <awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was uh the, There was a group of us. There was about 10 of us. um, They were all kind of hired in at the same time. And we actually went up to Palmdale Lancaster on the Air Force Base. And and we all had kind of apartments up there. And it was really hands-on because a lot of the design uh, had been done. And now we're there in manufacturing. So we actually got to walk around the floor, crawl up in the crew entry areas, of the B-2. I got to go in when when it was fully fueled. I didn't get to fly in it, but I got to go up when it was fully fueled and turned on. Um, So a lot of what we were doing was... um, making sure that everything was coming together all the parts were fitting together if we had to make changes we would do that so um so that's really was my start was really hardcore kind of engineering uh in you know in uh, aircraft um and defense <laughs> okay so that that's how i got my start um and then i from there i moved into uh space space technology so
0: okay
1: uh went to what was what was hughes uh uh, space and communications at the time, and I went into the solar array group, so designing uh, solar arrays for spacecraft. Very um, cool. So, yeah, that was a. It was like the spinning. They had a spinning, um, what they called spinners,
0: okay,
1: uh, were the kind of the first satellites, and then they had uh, three-axis, um, the, the square ones, which you see the, with the the wings that would defo- uh, deploy. So. Um, uh, people are more, more familiar with that. So okay, I, was, sure. I was, I was spent about six years and that was uh, still in LA. That was in El Segundo uh, area where they're located there. So, um, you know, and, and started actually, this is when I took a little bit of change in my career path. I mean, for engineers, you're usually, you go deep into engineering and sometimes you get your master's and really focus on, um, you know, the kind of the, the deep learning of it. Um, or you go the project product route, you know, so you, you take a different slant and you start to look at project management and you know, that overall. Right. And so this is where my career transformed a little bit. And um, I went down the project side of it. So I started becoming more of a project manager there, um, got that skill, kind of you know trained that over time. And then um, the next move that I made was really, I think, completely, <laughs> this was like a pivot for me. <laughs> um, so I went to DirecTV, a DirecTV at this. And I don't know, a lot of people don't know that DirecTV was actually born out of Hughes Space Communications. Communications. Um, oh, Eddie idea. at the time. Interesting. Yeah, Eddie Harnstein had. Um, he had uh, introduced a project there at at Hughes that was going to be this direct to home um, satellite uh, entertainment system, and so um, that's where it started. And was actually he showed us some of these those real old overhead slide projector slides okay. with financial projections and everything else for it. Um, so I, uh, so I went into direct TV as a project manager and I was actually in a project management group. And I remember, um, when I first came in, they said, yeah, you're going to be doing some technology projects, but you're also going to be running the fourth quarter marketing offer. And I had no idea what a fourth quarter marketing offer or what that meant. (laughs) I, I knew it was, you're trying to sell something and you're, you're packaging something up, but, um. So I think that really, I mean, kind of changed things for me a little bit. I started to, you know, now I was in officially in entertainment and I also had kind of this general look at kind of marketing and also technology. And so that was really kind of a first pivot for me. Um, and then I spent uh, almost 12 years at DirecTV and wow. just covered just about everything. Um, when I first came in, I I was three months in and I was put in charge of CES oh, very
0: and cool.
1: we were, <laughs> this was. Um, prior to the TiVo launch, okay. so um, TiVo had an independent box out there, DBR, yeah. uh, right. that had only been out for a little while, and we were working with TiVo to integrate into our set-top boxes, okay. um, and we went to, and at CES we were showing for the first time, we were showing the TiVo box, we also were integrating with Microsoft on what was called the Ultimate TV Box at the time. Okay. And this is another thing that a lot of people don't know, is we had a big deal with AOL at the time. So we were going to have a third DVR, wow. which was an AOL, AOL DirecTV DVR, where you could actually, at the time, instant message to people through your DVR. That's cool. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: so that, that was uh, my first CES experience. We, were gonna, we showed three DVRs from three different major companies on the floor at the same time. And so that was, that was uh, my kind of introduction to, um, you know, um, consumer electronics technology, um, entertainment technology. And then from there, it was um, just everything. I mean, mobile, uh, we showed the first, um, you know, we had DirecTV Sunday ticket on DirecTV. So uh, I think it was 2005. I think we showed the first highlight clip from an NFL on a flip phone, oh, wow. uh, on a Verizon flip phone. Let's see, yeah, so You're this like was early kind of the on, really early on, yeah. That's awesome, yeah, man. No, that's great. Uh, I know this is uh, I know this is kind of dating me, but no, um. no, it's good.
0: <laughs> it's it's cool because, like, um, through kind of Sarah, I've had a bunch of people like yourself on the show that were, were kind of the first to do some of this stuff. But the thing that's funny and really cool for me is I remember some of this stuff or like reading about it or like watching it, right? And so. Just finally getting to meet the people that actually made it happen is like really cool for me. But sorry to interrupt yeah. as a tangent, but keep going.
1: <laughs> no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean it feels you know, it's like it, it felt like the beginning, you know, of kind of the revolution that you that you see today, right? Sure. And so I mean video is just ubiquitous across devices now. I mean highlight clips. If I told everybody that I was gonna, you know, send a highlight clip to a phone. You know, today it's like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but back in 2005, showing it on the screen, I mean, with the bandwidth availability and everything else that was happening back in the day, it's like, um, it was pretty uh, revolutionary for the time. So, but um, yeah, so, uh, and then I got into, um, you know, we, we got into a lot of interactive TV at the time. Um, and then there was, I think when Fox uh, took an equity stake in DirecTV and they came in, they really, uh, we really beefed up um, all the interactive sports. Okay. So Eric Shanks and that whole team, uh, they were doing a lot with B Sky B. And so they brought a lot of that to DirecTV. And we started doing those mixed channels, you know, where you can watch like up to eight individual video cells, So sure. you could see and with Sunday Ticket, you have um, all the out of market games. So you could have all those games going on at the same time. This is way to bounce around. So we started doing a bunch of that interactivity um, and then, uh, you know, moved into and I was in a group advanced services, um, and content. It was called one, one of its names. And we sat between engineering and marketing. So we were kind of the incubators in the middle. We had, uh, uh, business development people, we had uh, user interface folks, project managers and all of us. So it was a pretty cool place to be. I mean, you got to kind of incubate this stuff, work with engineering, to kind of build it out. Um, and then, you know, when uh, TV everywhere became really big. So then that's, we were kind of on the cutting edge of that. Um, you know there was a lot of rights things to to work out sure, we were, I, I remember going back and forth yeah with HBO and Showtime and everybody because um, you know they they're just they hadn't contemplated the rights at that time like you know the streaming rights uh, sure. they weren't even in the deals because a lot of these deals are you know they'd be 5 7 even 10 year deals and a lot of that language just wasn't in the contracts about it was all just basically in-home usage so, um, so we got to, uh, we got to work on a product. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's morphed into what, um, direct has today with its mobile app. But, um, you know, we had a number of channels that uh, were available. You could stream kind of in your house, uh, was the first step, um, because we could get the rights within the house and then later started getting rights to stream outside of the house. And this was the whole TV everywhere, anytime, everywhere, <laughs> you know, all, sure,
0: sure. The, all the yeah, work yeah.
1: associated with that, that kind of product. Um, So that was uh, that was, and then I spent a long time uh, really incubating and starting um, uh, interactive ads at Directv. So um, they had just done traditional uh, clustering of ads, um, and because with Directv you would you wouldn't buy across individual shows, you would buy, you know, like a genre or you know um, it would be family, and you'd buy across you know multiple different uh, channels, and you would get that you know it's that two minutes per hour that Directv would get. And so, um, once again, from B-Sky, they were doing a lot of things with interactive advertising. Um, This was when everyone was trying to figure out how you do overlays, um, you know, on TV and how you could get people to kind of click right from the TV into something interactive. Sure. Um, I mean, cable had the advantage at that point because they did have a back channel out of their set-top boxes. Um, We were still trying to figure out what we could use, what little kind of satellite bandwidth we could devote to this kind of thing. But um, we introduced a couple uh, interactive, actually interactive channels. And the concept was that you could buy, a, an advertiser could buy a channel for a week and it's your channel. It's in the guide and we'll build an interactive application to go over the top of it. Um, so spent a lot of time with the, uh, the ad sales team um, and I, I, would, I would be doing ride alongs, you know, as the tech guy in the room to try to explain the technology to advertisers and, That's awesome. um, you know, what it was capable of. Yeah, and uh, one of them, one of the memorable ones that we did was uh, Burger King. I don't know if you ever heard about this, but they um, they literally had a whopper, a sizzling whopper for three minutes, and if you sat there and watched the whopper sizzle for three minutes, then you'd get a coupon code at the end.
0: Oh, really? So that, that, that I did not remember execution. that, but sure, that's cool.
1: That was their execution. So, um, yeah, so I spent uh, a bunch of time uh, uh, interactive ads, and then, yeah, the TV everywhere, and then I think you know, towards uh, the kind of the end of my stay there, um, there was, you know, there was more broadband uh, connectivity into the HD DBRs. So, you know, they were becoming connected within the home and you had like kind of a home DVR. And so by introducing, you know, all new opportunities. So I worked on this thing called TV apps, which were trying to be akin to, you know, kind of the app store and, and apps on Apple and, we made a doc forum and you could have add apps to your doc and all this kind of good stuff. So, um, so really just, you know, the gamut of things at, at, at direct TV. So
0: sure. No, that's great. And then you moved on to the NFL, correct?
1: Yeah. Well, I had spent, um, they said a number of, uh, you know, quite a bit of time on the Sunday ticket product. Right. And so I was familiar with that. I'd worked on, you know, Sunday ticket, you know, the mobile application we had and everything else. And so, i had uh i was I was talking to somebody and they were uh they uh let me know that they were building up a team a mobile team over there um and this was uh the league is divided up into really you know half of it is in New York and then half of it's in color city okay. um with the digital media team all being in color city and so um I guess you know they they had a few guys working on mobile but didn't really have a proper team um at the time so so I got to talking to Manish um, Jha. He was a uh, senior vice president over at ESPN and he was coming in to kind of lead this mobile team. And so it sounded pretty exciting. And it was, you know, the the thing about the NFL, right. Is you, you have this, you know, you have this huge audience, right. It's just, I mean, they're, they're, so, um, so that's, that's was kind of exciting. This, this audience, I knew football. And so, yeah, I went to the NFL and, um, that was, I mean, you know, th- that was a pretty crazy experience. Um, and it was, it, it was so because Verizon had at the time, it was a billion dollar investment in, in the league and it was for, I think it was a four year deal to, to be, uh, to, to actually get the games, stream a certain number of games. So wow. Monday night, Sunday night games, um, Thursday night games, and they would be exclusive to Verizon customers on mobile devices. And so when I first came in, the, the only issue was that Verizon had an application, and it was kind of a brick unless you had a, um, a username and password to kind of get through the entry screen. And then the league had a mobile app, but um, you know, it didn't have any of the streaming video or anything else. And so you're, you're kind of the audience was, was really kind of bifurcated across these two apps. And, and Verizon, um, so we worked with Verizon for about three months, I guess, until we got to about about December, January, and then we, you know, everyone decided that hey, it's a good idea. Why don't we combine these applications? You'd have a bigger funnel. Verizon, Verizon uh, customers could access the video through, you know, like kind of back end channels by logging into the video portion of it. Um, but everyone would have access to the same same app. You know, there's upsell potential and everything else there. Sure. Um, so, but the issue was that this were, this decision was being made in like January and here we are facing down. You've got to have everything ready pretty much by June, you know, to get the app out there. And so so we went for it. We, uh, we basically rebuilt the mobile experience for the NFL in about six months. Wow. Um, with, uh, yeah, and at the time it had to be across all of Verizon's um, phones that they offered. So this was BlackBerry. BlackBerry, you know, there's even a tablet across Android, iPhone, everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I think we brought in, we brought in two companies with probably a couple hundred developers and, you know, and you had to connect into Verizon backend systems. And of course, if you miss a Verizon IT update, you know, those things happen in cycles and they're they don't happen all the times every month. So if you missed an update, you'd be waiting, you know, multiple months out. So we had to kind of fit into their development cycle as well. Interesting. Um so I think and you know, I mean, it was it was it was crazy. I mean, we, you know, <laughs> sure called... I can
0: imagine
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so uh but yeah, we we launched, we got it out. I mean, everybody was uh kind of pins and needles and stuff, but uh, you know, and they don't hold the kickoff for you. So <laughs> Yeah, fair enough, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: interesting so
1: yeah that was a, that was a great experience i mean um just crazy experience like i said you have the fan base um you are the league so there's kind of a responsibility that you know you got to have all the information in the app it's got to be right the video's got to work you know and, and you know of course, you're gonna run into things. Um, you know when somebody's gonna be watching a video for a couple hours and you never know you know where the, what, what their location is, what the issue might be, a bandwidth, is it the app, what's login, you know what's what, what could be the potential issue? so um, but yeah, that was a, that was a great experience and I, I moved on to um, uh, connected um, uh, connected TV devices and apps for the league as well. Um, I, uh, I, I started working with, uh, Microsoft, uh, Xbox. So yeah. it was the first year they had put pads and, um, put sensors in the pads, shoulder okay. pads. And so now we had, uh, we've got new data coming in. I mean, tons of new data and, uh, Xbox in their app. Um, we worked with them and now they were able to, you could visualize on the screen, um, the path the speed, distance, everything else of players and key plays.
0: That's really cool, actually.
1: Yeah, so you could see you could see the highlight, the actual video highlight, and then on the screen, graphically, you would have kind of three-dimensional graphic that could show you these key players, and then you could pick different players that you wanted to see and see all that information. So I think there was even like a sweepstakes built around like who would be the fastest that week. Um, so, you know, that was some some pretty interesting stuff there so that was um yeah a g- great experience um we did a lot of stuff with beacons okay so we sure. go out to the you know, about a week and a half before the super bowl one year we put beacons all over new york city um, all in up and down the L- nfl experience we put them in the convention center i mean we had guys on ladders like sticking beacons everywhere <laughs> that's really um, cool yeah, so we you know working with Qualcomm at the time, so just you know freezing our butts out off, out there. <laughs> sure. Um setting up beacons and stuff, but um yeah, so that I think we were we were um one of the first ones and uh, there's some articles about it, but one of the first ones to um actually kind of use beacons in that sense in the locations. I think, you know, static storefronts had used them and and Apple was just kind of introducing uh, their iBeacon, but um uh that was that was kind of a fun
0: thing we got to do as well. No, I, I I think that's awesome, man. That that's great. Like the you were very early on in a lot of this stuff, right? Like that's what's really cool and kind of fascinating, right? Like somebody had to do it first, and you were you did a lot of it first.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think in um, you know, I, mean, I think it's 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 really it's really about finding like technologies and then really thinking through how you can apply them right sure um and and I think I mean that's what we kind of do every day right that's what CES is you walk around CES and you look at stuff and see what's maturing what's coming out and think about you know how can I leverage that you know what impact is it going to make on um decisions I'm making um applications we're developing you know how how does that apply to you you know so um yeah so I think it's you know, that's kind of cool. And every step of the way, it was something new that was coming up on the horizon. And it was just like, how do we how do we get there? You know, how do we get there? How do we leverage this? How does it make a you know, a great fan experience? How does it reinforce the, you know, the story or help tell the story? Um, so but yeah, that's what it's all about.
0: No, that's great, man. So you're at FX now. What do you do
1: there? Yeah, so I'm actually, um, you know, talk about further uh, transitioning your career. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, at, at FX. Um, I'm in the digital, like the marketing group. So I'm in the proper okay. kind of marketing group, um, that includes all the creatives, um, uh, you know, all, all the different, um, aspects of, of marketing a show and producing a show. So from, you know, creating, you know, the video commercial spots to coming up with the key art, um, all of that, I'm actually in a digital group. So I'm half of the digital group at F- FX. And so operations, um, Operations is all the video operations. So we have we have the FX Now uh, application. So and then FXNetworks.com and then also Simpsons World. Okay. So all of those are in uh, my purview, and operations is every piece of video content and art that you see on the website and video that you watch um, comes through our operations team. Really um, cool. so we have to make sure all that stage, we have to make sure that overnight we get the video from the show so we can put it online on digital. So it's available. Um, all the clips come through, um, the operations teams also delivers a video to social channels as well. Um, so operations is really, you know, working through CMS, various CMS systems to make sure that we have all the, uh, the video matched up with the metadata matched up with the key art and the images and all of that makes it to all our platforms across Mobile and in home and everything else. So that's the operations piece of it. Um, platforms um, have a platforms team, and you know this is really all about um, you know continuing to develop the platforms, um, making sure that you know we understand the roadmap, what what we have coming down the pipe. We have um, also we do some things based on what a show is all about. Um, some shows will lend themselves to um different interactions and applications so uh for archer for instance this last season of archer um we actually worked with floyd county and built an ar app so we built um archer pi
0: okay
1: uh, ar app and so you got to uh you got to basically there would be clues in the video so if you watch the show there would be clues that you'd be looking for and if you stopped um, stop the program at that certain time, then what would happen is you could use the AR camera and you'd actually get um, the reward for that, right? That's and really so cool. you would have got that achievement. So I think in watching through, you could follow the story along and kind of solve, um, solve the puzzle, um, you know, the crime story every, every week for Archer. So, uh, so that was pretty cool. So, you know, depending on what the show is, sometimes they'll lend themselves to a completely separate app, uh, American Horror Story we we basically built a microsite um, for American Horse Story at Comic-Con we introduced it cuz we didn't uh, we didn't talk about what the what the series was going to be about so okay. um this year and so we didn't um we didn't you know it was <laughs> it was cult uh, a simple four letter word but we had to try to keep that secret from from the world for several months developing um and then at comic-con um the uh, the team did a great big water wall it's a 30-foot water wall where we had a video then that told everybody to go to the website and what website to go to then where we unveiled um unveiled the uh, the title um, and the theme of the show ahs cult and then through a series of updates for six weeks we would introduce new content and then if you participate in the interactivity, then you got to see the first one to see things like um, character bios and costumes and a bunch of information about the show and exclusive video and everything else. So um, that was another kind of fun, fun thing that we did. So I think I mean the cool thing about um, uh, being part of the digital team there is just it's it's one it's you have all these anchor platforms that you know people can view your content and see everything you're doing. Um, but then also you get these, you know, one-off experiences that um, make a lot of sense that are paired with the content itself. Um, so that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then tech um, I have a tech uh, uh, project manager that, that I work with. Um, we work with a, um, on the platforms, a um, digital consumer group within Fox. Okay. Um, so, and then we also work with uh, other third parties on our website, et cetera. So, Um so yeah, I mean I think um it's once again a new experience for me. Um I mean super exciting. I mean I'm surrounded by just some of the most creative people and if you ever watch the shows on FX or you see the key art, I mean it's just it's, it's just so impactful. Um and then, you know, I mean the shows are amazing. I mean Atlanta and Uh, We just announced Mayans. um, So, you know, kind of a spin off of um,
0: um, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah, I love Sons for sure. Like, uh, yeah, for sure. That's great, man. Um, Yeah. So you won some Emmys, correct? What were they kind of for?
1: Yeah. So um, there was a um, couple sports Emmys. So uh, two were for um, uh, NFL Sunday ticket. Okay. So one was an engineering Emmy and the other one was a rather, um, uh, uh Natus uh, Academy, uh, at <laughs> Academy of television, arts and sciences. That's the, the, the creative arts Emmys.
0: Sure.
1: Um, and so we won for NFL Sunday ticket. So this is, we the, talk about first, um, we did something, we actually pushed highlights to Tebow as part of this, um, we did a, a companion channel uh, for Sunday Ticket, so you would have and this was once again super early. Uh, it sounds pretty simple, but it was it was cutting edge for the time. We did a broadcast a separate channel with kind of an L wrap of all the scores for the other games, sure. and we had an online presence as well. So we combined all of that, and uh, that was um, uh, that was the first Emmy for that. Um, and then we won a parallel kind of technology Emmy um, uh, for that. And then, um, and then after that, it was for uh, DirectV Sports.
0: Very cool, man. No, so that's, all that's all great. sports
1: related and all kind of in the interactive realm.
0: No, that's that's really cool. And the the thing that kind of fascinates me about kind of what you've done and continually do is you're basically bringing these kind of like technology and digital experiences back into kind of the physical world, right? Like. The, the thing you just mentioned that you guys did at Comic-Con and, and I'm sure you're doing other stuff in the future. But I, I think that's really cool. But I'm curious to know, like, there's got to be a lot of time, effort and planning into doing that kind of stuff. Like, how do you even kind of start or get like a big company like FX kind of on board to even consider doing some of this stuff?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know the the kind of creative spark comes from uh, comes from a lot of places. Okay. Um, you know we're we're always talking to technology partners. Okay. So um, so we're understanding you know wh- what's available, what technologies out there. Um, I, I think you know it, it, it's kind of a combination of things. You know, kind of knowing what's available, knowing some different things out there. Sometimes things are, are brought to us. So um, a production, you know, Floyd County or somebody will bring an idea. Mm -hmm. and say hey i got this really cool idea for for promoting the show this year what if we did this right and so we're always kind of evaluating those ideas to figure out you know um does that make sense you know is it going to get you know get us uh to where we need to be um so i think it comes from different areas within the company and then also external to that um on the creative and production side so i think it's it's really a collaboration and when you look at it it's just like is this is this the right fit for this show um you know, and then I think a lot of times it's you know it goes back to um, you know it goes back to the, the the producers and 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 you know where their mind is with the show because I mean I think you know at the center of this just like you know all of it is is the storytelling is is the creative behind the story and the show and so I think you know you want really want to understand the producers really well and, and understand what what they're trying to achieve and and you know if they have a specific direction they're going. Um, sometimes you can get a sense and it's, it's also, is this show brand new? Is it something that, um, is this a follow on? Um, who's the audience, you know? I mean, sure. audiences lend them, and the Archer PI audience is is great. It's, you know, it's younger, it's, um, you know, mobile savvy. It's um, it's a different type of audience that lends itself well to, you know, mobile AR experience, right? Right. Um, you know, <laughs> where, um, you know, uh, you know, something else may not, right? It may be a different show, more of a drama, and so and it's just not something that you want to kind of wrap that kind of experience around. It's also about what's happening on social as well. I mean, you know, these they have vastly different audiences on social that follow them, and so... And you get a sense, you know, how active is the fan base, right? Do they... You know, are they constantly, is, is this to show that's kind of active all year, even when it's out of the season um, and it's available just kind of digitally? Are they still talking about it? Are they talking about the new season? So you kind of have to take all of that, take the, the producers, uh, you know, the creative that comes inside, inside FX, the, um, the audience, and, you know, kind of put it all together, mash it up. And, you know, sometimes something great come, comes out of that and it speaks, you know, to digital. And sometimes, you know, and, and that's where I think digital is always a part of um, the discussion. I mean, especially these days, it's, it's it's like a central piece of that discussion. But, you know, it's got to it's got to make sense. Right. It's got to uh, be something that we all get behind.
0: Sure. And, and like it sounds like you guys do quite a bit of research and that research is related to the audience of, of that kind of show. But I, I think like just for people listening, I think that could be translated to any industry, whether you're in kind of entertainment or not, right? Like that kind of stuff is super important and figuring out kind of who your target market is and and doing research on where they play or where they're online or maybe they're not online or where they're going to be at a physical location for a big kind of conference or event. Like I I think that's really good to kind of stress again because I I think – Well, in my experience, not a lot of big companies and and networks kind of do this stuff. I I think that's kind of fair to say. And it seems like your career is kind of the the places you've been have kind of allowed you to kind of push the envelope a little bit and, and actually build these pretty cool kind of either in person or at home or kind of on the phone kind of experiences.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, look, absolutely. I mean, I think the, um, you know, and, and, and once again, you have to have the places that I've worked, we've had the freedom to be able to go out and, 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 and try things. Right. So sometimes you take a very calculated, you know, um, risk or leap, leap of faith in technology. Um, and you've done your homework, and you've done all your research and you, you know, you're going after the target market and you know, they're there and they're going to consume it. And you've, you've got the data and everything else and and you've got the backing. Um, you know, sometimes you, you take a bit of a flyer, right? Sure. You don't have all the data that and it's a new technology. So it may or may not, you know, work exactly like you planned. Sometimes you're surprised in the positive and sometimes it's, you know, it's a lesson, right? It's a learning lesson. But I think the, at the, at the heart of it, you know, besides what I said about the creators being willing to explore and come up with new ideas, um, you know, your team, the management, I mean, they have to embrace it um, sure. and, and everybody has to embrace um, embrace the process and embrace sure. creativity and, 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 and want to go try these things yeah. and, and do them for it to be successful. So, I mean, if, if everyone's behind it, um, it's great because you, you can go out and you can you can try this stuff and, sure. and see what works. Well, and, you know, so.
0: and, and it's not some of this stuff isn't cheap to do either. Right. So you, you need the financial backing as well.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it isn't. <laughs> um, especially to do it right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, y- yeah. I mean, it, you know, everything comes into play, right. So, um, you know, and, uh, just looking at, uh, you know, Archer PI and, you know, different apps are built on, you know, different kind of platforms and sure. with different creative behind them, there's static imagery and everything else. But it, as soon as you introduce animation and, video animation and, you know, character storylines and everything else. And, um, you know, yeah, the, 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 price tag goes up. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you, this is part of being smart and, and, you know, once again, understanding the marketplace. So I think you have to kind of, you have to weigh that in as well. Um, even alignment of, um, I think timing is important, right? Sure. Critically important as well. Um, thinking about when you launch something, um, in relationship to when a show is beginning or, you know anything or as you know a football season or whatever else it is um uh time it can be super and sometimes time it can make or break it right um
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and you have to understand that you know that that um, like i said the audience interaction to know to get there right before the show actually starts or can is it something that's long lead and i can have engage fans and viewers you know months ahead of time and kind of build you know a swell of movement leading up to the launch of something but um yeah, no, it, it all comes at a technology cost. Costs money. So, uh, <laughs> creative, uh, you know, people and, and talented, really creative, talented people, you uh, know, costs money too. But no. as, as it should, as it should, right? Yeah, I mean, no, Everybody needs to be
0: paid for what they do. No, I 100 percent agree. And and the reason I kind of mention it is I thought like I think sometimes people forget about that side of it, right? Like there's a lot of time and effort and money and and kind of buy-in from the higher ups at any company if you want to pull off something pretty cool right or or kind of that gets a lot of publicity because at the end of the day like if you're have this crazy loyal fan base you're gonna hear if what you tried to do was successful or not successful right or whether they liked it or not like and so knowing that audience and spending the time and doing that research to make sure that you're you're as close to 100% sure that it's going to go over well as possible is is actually really hard and difficult to do.
1: Yeah, and then there's no assurance uh, mm-hmm. as well, right? So, <laughs> I mean, you know, as you know, there's been a lot of digital products that have come and gone. And, sure. Um, and I think that, that, you know, the other thing is the pace of everything too, right? Um, you know, and, and everything, it's, it's almost like everything needs to be uh, new. I mean, some technologies you know, live, but I mean, even the transition in, in to mobile and, you know, mostly mobile now, I mean, you have to rethink things, right? Yeah. It went from like kind of desktop laptop experiences to, well, it has to be mostly mobile now, yeah. which, you know, changes form factor and the way you think about it. So I think things are evolving and especially in marketing, I mean, these you know, looking for the new experience and looking for the new thing. And, um, you know, it, that's, it puts a lot of, you know, it puts a lot of pressure kind of on the system. I mean, there's a lot of companies, luckily there's a lot of companies and a lot of great technology thought going on the backfill of that. And, and, you know, and constantly be, you know, um, offering new solutions, new creative ways to get your content out there. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I mean, this is a way overused word, but it's the ecosystem, right? It has to just like, you know, um, just like life to sustain, it has to have all these pieces. I mean, there has to be this technology and really core hardcore people developing really cool technology, which, you know, then service can ride on top of, um, to create these really cool experiences. So it's, um, all those pieces have to, to be there. Um, so and they and you kind of determine the direction as well, right? So from hardware manufacturers and what the capabilities they're putting into, you know, and and it's it's interesting. I mean, even like um, if you look at uh, you study some of the things that that have worked and that you know worked moderately, I guess um, sure. like three D, right? Three yeah. D. I mean, you're three D. You're you're building something for. I mean, we're 20% of the audience, at least. I don't know the exact stats, but maybe 20% of the audience will physically make might get sick watching something in 3D, yeah, 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 totally. right? You know, or, or so that's another thing you have to think about is um is this does this have mass appeal? Um, and I think you know that's where that 3D versus just getting you know um, higher resolution on TVs. Everybody loves higher resolution. You sure. know, it's that's great. It, it works for everybody, right? But 3D only works for a smaller. Portion of the oval. I think that's why, you know, you walk around CS and, you know, if you're talking about 3D capabilities in a TV, like nobody's talking anymore. It's just thinner and, uh, you know, higher resolution, right? So, sure. um, so you kind of have to think about that too, you know, um, you know, does, does this apply to everybody? Is everyone to do that? And I think what's crazy today is, is like VR. I mean, mixed reality, AR, VR is another one. I mean, I think it's got legs because of gaming and just putting you, immersing you in an experience. Well, once again, it's got a headset, you you know, for true VR, you can't see outside of that. Yep. Right now, you know, at least with most of the headsets, right, it's, you know, because you're immersed in this experience. So, does it apply to everyone? You know, um, will it have a huge growth? Um, and mixed reality, will it, you know, there's, I, I think there's almost as much, if not more, opportunity in mixed reality. If you can yeah. still kind of see, but be able to leverage information. I agree. Um, that could be very powerful.
0: No, I, I I think that's great, man, but, Sadly, we're kind of coming to the end of the show, and I really want to talk about kind of your involvement with the Media Excellence Awards this year and, and kind of in, in the past. So how did you kind of get involved, and uh, why do you think it's kind of important?
1: Um, yeah, I actually got involved uh, the first year um, of the award. 10 years. And I was involved, <laughs> yeah, we um, we submitted uh, in 2008, and. Um, one for uh, best comeback. Very cool. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll have to talk to Sarah because I'm not. I'm not <laughs> sure that I completely understand what that that meant. The connotation of the best comeback. Um, you know, it kind of connotates that we weren't doing so well before, but we came back somehow. Sure. Um, but yeah, 2008. That was the first. Um, you know, submitting, accepting work for that, and then 2009, we won um, for our DVR scheduler we did Very for cool. iPhone. So that was um, that was pretty uh, innovative at the time, right? Sure. You could remotely schedule a DVR because it was the you know oh man, I forgot to record this program. So, um, once again, an early day application, but, um, it was pretty cool. So that's how I got involved. Um, and then Sarah and I stayed in touch. And then, you know, um, several times she asked me to present. So, um, you know, I, uh, I, I, was excited to do that. So it's, um, yeah, it's been exciting words. I think it's, it's great to, uh, especially in the early days, no one was really, um, honoring kind of mobile excellence and what, sure. what we're doing. So, um, been uh, It's been really excited to be involved.
0: No, that's great, man, and and like you're going to be there next Thursday, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, and so we'll we'll get to meet in person. I'm I'm coming down, and I'm excited to kind of meet. I've had a bunch of you on the show now, and I'm I'm excited to finally meet a bunch of you in person. And you know, I I think it's going to be really great on January eighteenth. Just before we kind of close, I, I, is there any links or stuff that people can kind of check out to get? more information about kind of what you guys are doing at at, at FX and anything else you want to mention?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, we're – so, actually, it's uh, today um, we just launched the uh, FX skill uh, for Alexa. Very cool. Um, So, yeah, that just uh, literally went out today. Um, So, we're pretty excited about that. Um, So, always looking for – uh, new distribution platforms, I think, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at all the voice services and trying to figure out um, kind of where we go next and where we go next with our, um, our skill as well. Okay. Um, probably the best place is just fxnetworks.com because um, what we do is we, we put up product pages uh, usually to support all of our new initiatives um, you know, we also have a um service that launched a little while ago, FX Plus. Okay. Um, so it's in um coordination with our MVPDs and it's available for Xfinity customers and Cox as well. And it's uh really the first opportunity to have access to our uh most of our back catalog of shows. So Nip, Tuck and all of those uh damages and uh most of the seasons of our previous shows. Um if you subscribe to one of those cable platforms. Um, you can upgrade to FX+. Plus, So we're, we're pretty excited about that. That was a, a new service that we launched. And so hopefully we'll um, we'll be working with additional uh, providers and be expanding that service out too. So uh, that was kind of a cool thing that, uh, that happened uh, uh, later last year.
0: That's very cool, man. Well, Tyler, again, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to meeting you in person and have a good rest of your day.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Kevin.
0: Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Okay,
1: bye. Yep, bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.